Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Money Answer Show, this is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Sybil Solomon. Uh, she is uh, the founder of a entrepreneurial venture called Money Habitudes. Uh, she calls herself a financial behaviorist, and she is the founder of LifeWise Strategies. Welcome to the show, Sybil. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Jordan. Let's just get a little bit of your background and uh, why you've got this whole uh, passion, I guess you might say, for helping people understand what you call their money habitudes. Okay. Well, my background is very eclectic. I started out with a degree in economics, but then was working with families in a lot of different types of positions. And most recently, I've been an executive coach for years. And one of the topics that keeps coming up is money, how money affects the way you raise your children, how money affects the way you run your business, um, the types of careers that you have. And it just was fascinating to me. So I decided I needed to do research on people's relationship with money and how that affects their lives. So what kind of research did you do? Well, at the time, this was about 10 years ago, I started looking for anything that I could find in the fields of finance, psychology, behavioral economics, and putting that together. In the past 10 years, we have learned so much more. There's now neurofinancial where people are looking at the brains and seeing how we're responding to different financial information. Um, a lot more research in behavioral economics. So we have a lot more now than we did then, but what was coming out over and over again was that we primarily fall into patterns of behaviors, and those patterns are based on past messages and past experiences. So you've come up with a concept of what you call a money habitude. Uh, so why don't you describe what is a money habitude? Okay. A habitude is actually a real word, and what I want you to think about is that this is a message that's in the back of your brain. You're not even thinking about it. So when you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth, you don't think about which hand am I going to use or, you know, where's my toothbrush. You do that very automatically, and that's your habit. And your attitude is you know that brushing your teeth is a good thing, so you're going to do that. And you do this every day. So a habitude is simply your automatic thoughts and feelings and your automatic actions. So a money habitude are what are the things that without thinking you automatically respond to. And let me, let me give you a quick example of that. If I were to say to, to you, all right, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars at the end of this because I'm just so excited to be on your show, you're going to automatically be thinking, hmm, she can't be serious, because maybe you're a skeptical kind of person, or you're going to think, that's great, I'm going to go out and go out and take a whole bunch of my friends out for dinner tonight and have a really great meal, or you might be thinking, oh, that's really good, I have this new bill that I just have to pay for a new hot water heater, I'm going to use it to pay for that bill. And your thoughts are going to be very different than somebody else's thoughts, but it's going to be the first thought that you have and what you're actually going to do about it with that money. 
So these, tell us where these habitudes come from. Is it the, the upbringing situation or is there something more innate to individual people? Because some people react differently to the same upbringing. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I have to give you a good example of that. Um, my mother-in-law was raised in the middle of Canada. They had very little money. So she and her sister were raised during the Depression, and same. they were only like a year apart. Same situation for both of them. One of them grew up holding on to money with the message in her head that said, you don't know if there's going to be a problem. So anytime you have money, you have to hold on to it very, very carefully and be very cautious. Don't waste a penny. The other one grew up with the message of, wow, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So if you have some money, you better enjoy it and do something with it today. So we people in the same situation often do come up with very different messages. And you asked a good question. Is this innate or is this something that is influenced by the environment and by our experiences? And we're learning more and more in terms of things being innate. But based on what we know from experiences, at this point, that would be more of where I would be coming from. And what we find in the research is that there's about six different patterns of behaviors that we have, and those are based on the messages and our experiences. So can I give you an example of a few of those? Sure. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Okay. So, for example, if we want to talk about the innate part, when you have children, you know very quickly that they have very different personalities. One baby may seem very, very laid back. Another one may have energy that's just incredible. So as they're growing up, they're going to be getting messages about how responsible they are or how irresponsible they are, right? And that's going to turn into those messages of the messages they have about how responsible are they about being able to manage money or how irresponsible, right? We get messages from our parents, and typically our parents will say things that they want us to believe, like, well, we should... You shouldn't spend any more money than you have, and you should be cautious, and you should be careful. But what happens is we really learn a whole lot more from the messages that they're not saying and that they're observing. Is money a cause of fighting so that maybe there's fear around it? Is money a cause of perhaps um, something that they're always waiting for? Like one day we're going to win the lottery, and that's when we're going to we'll be able to do these things. So you get these messages from your family. And then you get a lot of messages from society. In the society that you are growing up in, do they value hard work or do they value entitlement? And we get messages from our religion. Some religions will say, God will reward you with wonderful, good material types of things if you use your God-given gifts to create wealth. And other religions will give you the message that money, is, money should be used to help other people and that we shouldn't be greedy and that we should be giving and not so, collecting money. <laughs> so why is it that, that people in the same environment react so differently to it? I mean, uh, as you, get, as you say, the, the constant is the environment, but the, the variable is how they react to it. Why is that ha happening? Is it, I mean, inborn, or what, what's the cause of that? <laughs> well, I think it's a combination of things. While everybody is getting different messages, 
we all perceive things in ways that are unique to us. So, for example, um, in a family where two parents are constantly fighting about money, one child may be the kind of person who was raised, and maybe this is innate, where they feel that they have to solve the problem. And it's their place to figure out how to make money, how to help their parents with money. Um, and their goal becomes they're going to take charge of it, and they're going to always make sure that they have enough money. They're going to co- pick the kind of job that will provide security or will provide um, a lot more money. Where the other child may, again, it may be innate, it may be learned, may get the message that money's just a really frightening thing and I'm going to avoid it. Um, I don't want to have anything to do with it because all I see is that money causes a lot of fights. So I can't tell you for sure um, what causes us all to be different, but it definitely is a combination of what we're born with and we bring to the situation and then all the different pieces that go into it. You know, another piece is, for example, even though children may be born in the same family and have the same environment, one of them may have somebody very influential, like a teacher or an aunt or an uncle, who intervenes in a way where they see a different way of living, and that really speaks to them. So that's what influences where they go versus somebody, you know, someone else in the family who didn't have that experience. Once somebody understands what their money habitude is, uh, are they supposed to refine it or change it or improve it? What are they supposed to do with it once they understand what their money habitude is? (laughs) Well, when we understand our money habitudes, it gives us so much more control. So, for example, let's say that we have three people, and on the surface, they all look incredibly irresponsible. And every time they go to talk to somebody about money, because they're feeling like, I do want to be responsible, but somehow I never can quite manage it. So they'll sit down with somebody, and the person will say, well, tell me what your income is. Tell me what your expenses are. Let's look to see where we could cut expenses. Let's see how we can not use the credit card so much. And they'll go through a very dry um what money in, money out kind of thing, and they'll come up with a budget or they'll come up with a financial plan. And all of that is really good, except one of those people may be very impulsive. So they may know not to spend money, but when they're in that situation, they just can't seem to help themselves. It's like the chemicals in their body start turning and the messages are, go on, enjoy yourself, enjoy the moment. That's what's important. Don't worry about this other stuff, right? So that person is going to react very impulsively. If they know that that's what happens, they might start putting things in order so that they, number one, they may avoid some of those situations, or they may not have enough money. They may only use money, not any credit cards. So it limits what they can do. Another person who looks exactly the same on the surface and will have the same budget, their issue may be that status is important to them. And status just means that you want to make a positive impression. Well, 
maybe they're spending money taking their buddies out because they want their buddies to think they're doing well. Maybe they're buying things for their wife because they want their wife to really feel like they love them and they're confusing love and material types of things, right? So they'll go out and they'll buy a very expensive necklace to let their wife know how important she is and it increases their status. That person's not an impulsive buyer. They need someone to really help them look at what is important to them and is spending money in this way really going to change the way other people feel about them, right? And Mm -hmm. maybe a third person just avoids money, so they wind up getting into debt. But each of them, as soon as they realize what their pattern is and why they're doing that, it gives them so much more control. It's great. So give us an example of somebody who understood their money habitude and what difference it made in their lives. Okay. Um, There was one woman who did her money habitudes, and her image of herself was that she was irresponsible, that she didn't pay attention to things, that she just jumped into things without thinking twice. And when she did the cards, what came out was targeted goals with her strongest money habitude. Targeted goals is somebody who uses their money intentionally. They have goals, they think about planning, and they really work to achieve their goals. And when she looked at that, her first reaction was, no way, you know, that that's not me at all. But then when she started reading about about it and realizing, wow, you know what? I actually do think through the consequences of how I spend my money. And this is a woman who was quite successful, very successful. And she had a house that she subdivided into three apartments. So she rented two apartments. Um, and she actually was very, very responsible when it came to money. She now wanted to have her own house without the apartments and had looked for a house, found a house, loved the house, had all the right things going for it. She could not bring herself to buy that house because the message in her head was, oh, you're just irresponsible, you don't need that. And when she saw her money habitudes, it helped her realize that she's incredibly responsible. She went out, she bought the house, and lived happily ever after. It was a very good investment for her. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Gunner with the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Sybil Solomon. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, the founder of LifeWise Strategies. Uh, she's founded the Money Habitudes uh, Game. We'll get into it in more details. And a website to find out more about Sybil and her work is moneyhabitudes.com. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network.
If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Is your business or organization operating as efficiently as it should be? There are five basic dynamics present in every workplace that can effectively derail any organization. Be sure to listen for What's Leadership Got to Do With It? with Rick Tiemann. Rick and his guests will discuss how you can manage these five dynamics and improve your leadership skills. Leaders that want a successful business can't afford to miss this program. What's Leadership Got to Do With It? is broadcast live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Sybil Solomon. Uh, She's an entrepreneur, uh, the founder of LifeWise Strategies. Uh, She calls herself a financial behaviorist. And the product she's come out with is called Money Habitudes. And you can find out more about it at her website, moneyhabitudes.com. Welcome back to the show, Sybil. Thank you. It's good to be back. Let's get into the specific money habitudes. You have six of them, and in no particular order, let's start with security. Uh, and what is the, are the driving forces behind security? Okay. Well, the most important thing to realize is that all of the habitudes are positive. There's nothing wrong with any of them, and we really want to be a combination of, we all are a combination of them, right? However, any of the habitudes, if you overuse them, you're probably going to have a challenge, and if you underuse them, you're going to have a challenge. So when we talk about security, the person has a strong message in their head that saving money is really very important. And when they get money, the first thought that they have is, I need to save it. I need to put it aside. So these are the people that you want to inherit from. This is great if they have a strong security. Um, And if somebody overdoes that, then what you have is a person who cannot enjoy money. They can't spend money. They don't ever know how much is enough. So you might have a multi-multi-millionaire. However, they're still holding on to money and can't in, can't spend it on other people, can't spend it on anything that they themselves enjoy, and they can't be generous, right? So, so if, you're, if you're in that role, if, if security is your dominant habitude, mm-hmm. what are some things you should do to have a better life? You should not supposed to be run by security, or what, what are some of the things that people with strong security should be looking out for? 
Okay. So when you when you have security, what you want to think about is what do you need for your current life so that you can pay your bills, so that you're not in debt, that you're saving for the future, that you're making allowances for the future, both in little ways, like making sure that you have an emergency fund if you lose your job or the roof needs to be repaired, it doesn't become a big deal. Um, so a piece of it is that very basic type of thing. And then the other piece, of course, is being prepared for the long term with retirement, possibly having to help your parents in the future if you have a child with disabilities, making sure that that, that child is going to be taken care of for life. So security, you want to know, what do I need to do so I'm not in debt and so that I can have choices in the future? Right? So, A lot of people probably have a strong security if their parents, grandparents went through the Depression and they lost everything. Is, is that a, a big influence on people having a high security habitude? Um, frequently it is. A lot of times we kind of inherit the habits and attitudes of our parents. So if you're raised with not, you know, being very careful about not spending anything extra, making sure that you don't waste food, that you don't waste clothing, that you don't spend for things that you actually don't need, um, yes, you, you can inherit that. On the other hand, some people go in the opposite direction. If they're raised with families that are so strict when it comes to money, then they might go in the other, the other extreme. I'd also like to tell you a personal story. My father had a very difficult upbringing, and they were very, very poor. So as an adult, security was incredibly important to him. Having a roof over his head, having food on the table, that was it. So when I was growing up, there were a number of times where my mother would get something special for me, like a dress that was maybe a little more expensive than normal, or maybe I didn't absolutely need, but I wanted. And the conversation always would be, when we got home, don't tell your father. So I grew up with, number one, being cautious about money, but of learning to keep money secrets. And keeping money secrets is a huge issue for so many people. And, you know, I had no idea I was doing it, right? But it was that idea of you can't spend anything extra on yourself. So if you do that, you better hide it or you better not let anybody know. And so, you frequently see that for people who have um, a lot of security. The good side so, of it is if you keep that in check, then you do have enough that you will have choices, that you can enjoy your money, but you know that you have enough that you're not going to become desperate or you're, you're not going to have to do things that you don't want to do because you won't have enough money. Okay, the second money habitude you talk about is what you call free spirit or carefree. Uh, why don't you tell us about that one? That could be a really tough one. Um, typically, people who get the free spirit or carefree one, they avoid money, right? So the good part of this is you want to have a little free spirit. You want to be able to roll with the punches. You don't want to be so caught up with every penny that you spend that you can't enjoy your money or react spontaneously. So you, you want some of that free spirit. However, again, if you get it too much to an extreme, you wind up avoiding. I want to tell you something. People who have been raised where they either had a very chaotic childhood or maybe there was abuse or there was addiction in their background, 
it's not unusual for them to get either the security or the free spirit one because the message in their head is if I couldn't control what happened to me in the past, then the chances are really good that I'm never going to be able to control anything. And money represents control, and it represents power. So sometimes what you have when a person totally avoids money stuff and they get a lot of these free spirit cards is you have somebody who does put their head in the sand and they're afraid of control. They're afraid of the power they can get with money, the choices, the responsibility. And as a result of that, they will let other people control them. They can be a victim. Um, they can get in situations where they never know how much money they have. And if they inherit money or they get a bonus, that money's just kind of gone. They're not necessarily going to be responsible with it. Right? So, so you want a little a... bit of free spirit so you can roll with the punches, but you don't want so much that you're coming across as irresponsible or being a victim and giving up control to others. So if you know you're a free spirit, carefree kind of person, what are some of the things you should be doing so that it doesn't become too excessive? What kind of financial habits should you uh, install to make sure that you don't get hurt by being a free spirit? <laughs> well, the very first thing is you probably want to have a really good conversation with yourself or with a counselor or somebody who can give you some support and get some understanding of what the benefit is to you of avoiding all the money. And sometimes people do need counseling. Money issues um, are life issues. So sometimes you do need help with somebody helping you to work through some of those life issues. The easy answer for that is, Sit down, make, get yourself a pad and pencil or use your computer, and for a month, make sure you track every single expenditure that you have. Make sure that if you're in a relationship, that you know where your money is, that you sit down with your partner, and you have a good idea of what the expenses are and how much money is coming in. Uh, where money is being saved, where money is being invested. Frequently, people have no idea about any of this, right? So the easy answer is to say, just do it. And the problem is for the free spirit is that they may very well know exactly what they need to do, but if they don't deal with some of their own personal stuff, it's very hard for them to follow through. So they may keep track of their money for a few days or a week or two, and then they stop. Or they may say to their partner, let's sit down and I'm ready for you to tell me about all of our expenses and our investments. But then when Sunday afternoon comes, they say, oh, you know what, let's go do something else and we can talk about that next week. Right? So they may need help in order to do the things that they know they should do, but they're having a hard time with it. The next money type you talk about is what you call status, and want to explain to us what status is and, and how people with status as a predominant habitude should uh, be dealing with their financial lives. Okay. Status is a funny one. A lot of times people react very negatively to getting a lot of status cards, um, but status just means that you care about the impression that you make on other people, and that's a good thing. You want people, you, when you go for a job interview, you want to be dressed correctly. You want to wear the right clothes. Um, when you buy a gift for somebody, you want that gift to be an appropriate type of gift, right? The problem is 
that if you overdo status, number one, if you don't have enough money, you might be sacrificing things that you need um, to make that impression on people. Now, let me give you an example. There was a couple that came to me, and they had been arguing about money for quite a while, and they sat down the past year. They made a budget, and now it was like eight months later, They were not sticking to their budget. He was blaming her. She was blaming him. And when they sat down and did the cards, both of them came out with status as their most dominant habitude. And the husband said, well, that's ridiculous. We live in a modest house. We drive a modest car. Look at me. You know, I don't don't care about status stuff. Well, the more we started talking about it, for both he and his wife, where they were really leaking tons of money was what they were spending on other people. So on the holidays, when perhaps people would buy um, a little gift for the teacher or send in brownies, they were giving their children's teachers $50 gift certificates. And when they got gifts for their family, instead of getting what most of the other people were getting, they were spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars for her parents, his parents, the siblings, all the children. So once the holidays were over, they were very deep in debt, and they continued throughout the year with birthday gifts, anniversary gifts. And when they realized it, they were both kind of astounded by that. And I happened to see them after the holidays, and they said, wow, we have so dramatically changed what we've done. And they've stopped fighting about money. Um, They've been able to stick to their budget. Once they realized where they were leaking that money, they were able to take control over it. So the beginning is being aware of your habitude and then seeing how it affects your money decisions and then taking decisions from there. Is that the idea? Absolutely. If something's hidden and you don't even know it's influencing you, it's very hard to do it. And I often think about diets. And money. I mean, we all know that we shouldn't be eating a lot of junk food and that we should be eating healthy food. But somehow when somebody brings in those nice hot donuts, it's so hard for people to say no. Um, actually, could we go back for a minute and let me talk a little bit about the brain and how that works? Okay, sure. Okay. Uh, basically, if you think of making decisions... Most of us think we are very good about getting all the information, thinking through things logically, and making the right decision based on facts. One of the wonderful things with our new technology is that researchers are hooking the brain up, and what they're realizing is is when people are making these financial decisions, most of the time it's not that outer part of the brain that's responding. That's where logic, rational thinking, analysis is happening. The part of the brain that's responding is the middle of the brain, the older part of the brain, and that's driven by emotions. And for every logical thought that we have, we have at least five emotional thoughts that are going in the opposite direction. So it's very difficult for us to make a logical decision if we have any emotional baggage in our in the back of our brain that could be hidden. And that's, okay, that's what's going to take over. Great. All right, we're going to go for a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Sybil Solomon. Uh, she has a 
game out. We're going to get into in more detail called Money Habitudes. Her, her, her website is moneyhabitudes.com. And we'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Sybil Solomon. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, the founder of LifeWise Strategies. Uh, she's a financial behaviorist, and she has a game and kit we'll talk about called Money Habitudes, and her website is moneyhabitudes.com. Welcome back to the show, Sybil. Thank you. Uh, we want to talk about the next. Uh, so far, the first three habitudes we've talked about are security, free spirit, carefree, and status, and the next one is selfless and giving. So describe that one briefly. Okay. The person who is selfless, we all want to be giving and we want to be generous and we want to be selfless. And that's a wonderful thing to be able to help other people and to get the joy of giving. And that's the message for the giving person is you get joy from giving, right? So if you go to the extreme of having no giving, these are people who have never experienced being able to share with other people. Um, or they do it in such a controlled way that there's really no spirit of giving, right? On the other hand, when people get too many of the selfless cards, what we want to think about is, are you really giving and helping the other person, or maybe you're controlling the other person, or that that you're enabling the other person? So let me give you an example of somebody who has a child, and the child's now out of school, is living home. Mom and dad aren't charging them any money, and they're having a great time. They have a nice car. They go out on the weekends. They can take vacations, and the parents just keep paying all the expenses, and anytime they need something, they give them money. 
So while they're giving, they're actually enabling that child to not grow up and not to take responsibility, and maybe that's too much. So we do want to be giving, but we also want to be careful that we're not enabling. Some people also give a lot of money to their church or to charities that they believe in. And again, when you can afford it, that's a very good thing to do. However, sometimes people do it, and the idea in the back of their head is, I want to help others, and if I ever actually need help, they'll be there for me. Well, that may not necessarily be true, because the churches are over have so many people that are needy, they can help you and they can reach out, but they can't take care of all of your needs and pay all of your bills. So people need to be careful about how they give and make sure that they're not going to become dependent as a result of what they do today. Okay, the next uh, money habit you talk about is what you call spontaneous. Want to describe what that is about and some of the uh, things to watch out for if you're too spontaneous. <laughs> okay, that's the person that many of us think of as the spender. And the person who's spontaneous, they tend to be impulsive. They live in the moment. And again, it's wonderful at times to live in the moment. I would never want to have a life where I had everything so planned out that I could never enjoy myself and just say, this sounds like a great idea, or this is the perfect time to buy that. It's right there. Let me get it right now. We need that. However, if people have too much of that spontaneity, what happens is they don't think about consequences. So when something happens right now, they want to enjoy it, they don't think about the bill they're going to have to pay next month or the situation that's going to come up as a result of of just jumping into things. So, for example, um, there was a man named Matt, and Matt had a friend who wanted to start a business, and the friend talked to Matt about it, and Matt was right there. He was so excited He wrote him a check for $20,000 and came home, told his wife about it. His wife went berserk, right, because he hadn't done any research. It sounded exciting. It sounded good. But he then gave all of this money into something that he didn't know what the chances were, if it was going to work or not, right? So that's a pretty extreme example, but that type of thing happens at different levels all the time, right? Other ways people are spontaneous is they're planning to go out for dinner and they're thinking they're going to spend 20 bucks and their friend says, oh, I heard about this new restaurant. Let's go there. Well, that was like a $100 meal and they hadn't planned on it, but they just went ahead and it never occurred to them to just simply ask the question, what do you think it's going to cost? You know, maybe this is something I shouldn't do tonight. And that's the biggest part for the spontaneous person. They need to know that this is something that they do so automatically that they they start looking at who am I with, what are the situations, what's the timing of when I tend to lose it and just jump into things that I later regret. And spontaneous people, they frequently regret what they do. <laughs> So if you're a spontaneous person, what are some of the safeguards you should put in so that you don't become too spontaneous and spend things that you really shouldn't be doing? Okay. One is whenever anybody um, suggests that you do something right away, 
that you automatically practice saying, let me get back to you tomorrow. I need some time to think about that. If you've ever seen these people when you go to where they're selling condos and timeshares, um, they're the ones that want to get their, their checkbook out immediately, right? So that they always want to be ready to say, when I'm in that situation, I'm going to practice saying, and I'm going to say, I'll get back to you tomorrow, so that they make no commitments on the spot. And they have to be aware of when they're most vulnerable so that they can do that. If they have another person who can help them, that's really good. They're the ones that when they go shopping, they should not have their credit card with them, and they should only have the amount of money with them that they can spend um, without having regrets. The same with going out for dinner. And they need to think about what is it, when is the time that they're most vulnerable? Some people, it's when they get their paycheck. It's like they feel really rich and they suddenly are spending a lot of money. And they're the ones that if they had the money taken out automatically and put into different accounts, that that would be very helpful so they never even see it. Um, so those are just a lot of little things that they can do. But the biggest thing is to ask themselves, who am I with, where am I, what's the situation, and when is it that I tend to be the most vulnerable and jump into things so quickly that I later regret it. And then they can start building in for their own situation. Sometimes it's just they might be with one person that when they're with that one person, for whatever reason, they kind of lose it. Right? So they need to realize if, I'm, if it's when I'm with that person, what would I need to do to interrupt that behavior um, so mm-hmm. I don't get influenced? And then your last uh, money habitude is what you call targeted goals and planning. Uh, maybe describe the key features of that and what people should do to maximize their habitude if that's what it is. Okay. Targeted goals are the people who plan. They think about what's important to them, and that's how they use their money. Now, this isn't to say that their goals are the right goals or their good goals, but for the individual, it's the goal that is important to them. Right? Having this is a very good thing. It keeps us on track. It helps us think about what we're doing. It helps us be very intentional. Um, when people don't have any targeted goals, they tend to go in a lot of different directions, and they never seem to get anywhere, right? both in life and with money. Right? But when people have a lot of targeted goals, and there's nine cards for each one, so when I say a lot, when you do the card game, it's like seven, eight, or nine cards, that when people have a lot of targeted goals, these are people frequently who will get on a path, and once they're on that path, they won't get off of it because they've made a commitment. So sometimes these are people who, let's say they've invested in a certain company, and even though that company might not be doing well, it's like, no, I've invested that money, and I'm going to leave that money, and they won't change their mind and take it out. Or they get themselves in a career path. And after they're going down that path in their career, they realize, hmm, I'm not really enjoying this. This isn't for me. But I've already invested in my education in this. I've already gotten a job. And they'll stay there even though they may not be moving ahead or they may not be enjoying it. 
And entrepreneurs have to be very careful about this because while it's very important to have your goals and stay focused, uh, if you don't pay attention to what's going on with technology, I'll give you an example. There was a printing company. They were doing a fabulous business, and they had a great business plan. But then with technology, people could go online and they could order their stuff printed at a much lower price and have it shipped to them. And this company kept saying, oh, no, they're only they're going to come here for quality. They know us, and we've got our plan. Well, they stayed on their plan, and they wound up going bankrupt because they didn't adapt to the changing situations. That's and often very difficult for people. is good, but you don't want to overdo it. Yeah. Okay, so we've got come up with our six types. And again, just going over those briefly, the six um, money habitudes are security, free spirit and carefree, status, uh, selfless and giving, spontaneous and targeted goals. Uh, so um, I think we're going to get into it right after the break, uh, how couples should uh, relate to each other because they may have different uh, money habitudes as we go along. So we're going to go to a break now. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Sybil Solomon who's the founder of LifeWise Strategies. Uh, she calls herself a financial behaviorist. Um, her website is moneyhabitudes.com, and we're going to talk more about the game she's created uh, after the break. So we'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you're looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Sybil Solomon. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, the founder of LifeWise Strategies, and has created a game called the Money Habitudes Game. Uh, let's get into that a little bit. Just ex- describe what this game is and how these cards work and what people get out of playing the game. Okay. The, the card game is so simple that all the directions fit on one playing card. And basically, you have three cards that you use for sorting. One says, that's me, that's not me, that's sometimes me. Eight interpretation cards. And then you have... 54 statement cards, and all you do is you read the statement, and then you put it under the card. So one statement, for example, is, I like giving to others better than receiving gifts or help. And if that sounds like you, you put it under, that's me, and if not, you put it under, that's not me. And when you get done, you look at the pile that says, that's me, and we have some interpretation cards. And what you're looking for is the balance. So when you flip over the cards and you see of the six habitudes, do you have all six? Are you missing any? Are there some that you have a lot more of than others? And is that working for you? If it is working for you, that's great. Now you have a better insight into what what does make it work. If you're not happy with your finances, then you can look at the cards and you can see where are your hot buttons, where are the places that you're out of balance, that you can do a little more of or you could do a little less of. That's it. It's very easy. So when people are playing the game, are they often surprised by what they have to do? Do they, they pretty much know what they are going into it? <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, sometimes people are just affirmed, and they, they knew going in, and they get out exactly what they thought. Um, but most of the time... People have some surprises. Even, for example, they may, they may feel like they have a lot of targeted goals, but maybe they didn't realize that giving was important, as important to them as it was. Or maybe they saw themselves as really generous and giving, but they actually came out more status. So their giving wasn't so much being generous as it is that they wanted to impress other people. So frequently people are very surprised and sometimes the surprises are not at all negative. It's like, oh, I just never realized that about myself. You know, I never realized how much um, I was good at saving or I never realized how good I was at planning. And it makes them stop to think. And the best part is it helps them talk about it because talking about money is always a hard thing. And it makes it easy for them to talk about money and to get those insights. So what... Uh, what you would advise for people who are not happy with the way their cards have turned out? <laughs> right. It depends on what your issue is, because money is so integrated with all of our lives, all the different aspects of our lives. For some people, when they do it, let's say they don't get any security cards. Well, their outcome is, gee, I want to save some more. Well, do they know how to save? If they know how to save then they need to put that in place. If they don't know how to save, they might need to talk to a financial educator. Or if they have more money, they may need to talk to a financial planner about investments. But maybe it's 
they know that they should be saving, but for some reason they're never saving, they may need to talk to a counselor or to read some self-help books or go online and get some support to understand more about themselves. So there's never a quick and easy answer when it comes to money. Now, uh, couples uh, have have different uh, money types or, or kind of habitudes. Uh, if, if a couple has got a, two, two very different habitudes, what's the best way to have them still get along? Okay. Well, as you probably know, money is the number one cause of conflict in relationships. And I would say that's never true. Money is rarely the true cause of conflict. It's what money represents to people. Does it represent control, power, giving, freedom, security? And when you know that about each other, that makes it much easier to understand and have the conversation. When people do the cards as a couple, I have to tell you, I've had the most outstanding, incredible comments from people who do it as couples. Frequently what will happen is they'll turn out very similar. And what they realize is that they, it's working fine for them, and, but maybe they're overdoing it. Like I had two people who got a lot of free spirit cards. They never argued about money, but they had no money. They were totally irresponsible. And it did help them to go and seek some, some help for themselves. But more often what happens is you get people being very different. And as a result, they're constantly arguing, whether one's saving too much and the other one's spending too much. And when they do the cards, they will have some things that they have in common. And what I hear the most is, we didn't think we had anything in common. So it gets them started off having a positive conversation. And the next thing is typically the place that they're arguing the most is also where they're balancing each other the most. So if you have a free spirit person and a security person, the more the free spirit person avoids money, the more controlling the security person will become. And the more controlling that person becomes, the more the other one lets go. So it starts the conversation about how do we fit together? You know, let's, we're not really fighting about money. And I've heard frequently now from people going through divorce that after they did the money habitudes cards, they actually said, what? We can talk about this. We can work this out. And they wound up not getting divorced. And I've heard that from a number of people who are counselors working with couples. So I had, didn't have that in mind when I started the cards, but that's been a really nice outcome as a result. So you're saying it's better to have a mix of habitudes, not have both be the same habitude? Oh, absolutely. We all are a mix. There's nobody that's ever going to come out with just one habitude and nothing else. And that's the beauty of it. You don't, you don't get labeled as you're this because you're a mix of different things and you use different things in different situations. Very good. Okay, well, it's been fascinating. My uh, guest this hour has been Sybil Solomon. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, founder of LifeWise Strategies. Uh, the work she does, she calls herself a financial behaviorist. Uh, if you want to find out more about the game and the book and the various things she has involved in understanding your money habitudes, uh, her web website is moneyhabitudes.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Money Answer Show, Sybil. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, and we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now.
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next.